This is the Daily Thunder Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Ryan Woods. I am here tonight with Daily Thunder beat writer, Brandon Rabar. Brandon, how goes it? I'm good, man. It's a, it's a Friday night. The uh, snow's starting to melt somewhat. The Thunder played and bettered their lottery odds. Uh, sloppy game. That wasn't too fun to watch. I hate seeing Shea struggle. This may have been his first game all season that I can really remember thinking, wow, he's really struggling to, to get his shots off. Uh, so that was a bummer, but overall good night. This game was stinky. <laughs> this game was stinky. Um, they let's go through a couple, let's go through these shooting numbers for both teams. It wasn't just Oklahoma city, Oklahoma city shot 36 and a half percent from the field, 30% from the three from three on 40 attempts and 52.4% from the free throw line. Like, could not hit a thing. Let's go to Milwaukee. They are much better. 40% from the field, 32.4% from three, 68% from the free throw line. The game was stinky. Neither team could buy a bucket. It was weird. The final score, 98-85. Oklahoma City fails to reach 90, which I got to be honest, before the season – I figured our offense, if we really wanted to tank, we'd roll out the offense of don't make our shots. thought that would have been a very effective offense, maybe that or maybe just strictly turnovers offense. Uh, They went with the don't make any of the shots offense tonight, and it worked. Yeah, it worked worked to perfection. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's funny because watching the Thunder this year, you know, I'm happy when they win, and I root for each guy to do well. Uh, and when they get losses, though, I'm like, cool, better chance to to get a guy like Kate or Mobley or, or Kaminga. So it's been a win-win all season. Like every game I've thoroughly enjoyed and had a good time. And there's been like things to take away. Like, okay, even in the couple of blowouts that the Thunder have had, uh, you know, you could single out like, well, Shea still looked like a star. Man, Dort looked great. This is kind of the first game all season long where I'm like, man, it's hard to take away any positives from this game. Yeah. Isaiah Roby, maybe. I mean, I don't even know if he's going to be a part of the future. He may be, I think he may be in the plans as a role player long-term possibly. But when you're looking at, you know, Isaiah Roby scoring 10 points, getting seven rebounds as the, the game's highlight uh, probably wasn't the best game. George still played pretty well. He had 17 points. Three of seven from three. Uh, so I guess, and and he had a starter's high negative eight plus minus. <laughs> yeah. Every other starter just got blown away in the plus minus tonight. I'll give a positive. Uh, Dort continues to be very good at drawing offensive fouls. I think he yeah. leads the league. He does lead the league. Uh, I think that Dort has got to be Nick Collison's favorite player. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, it's like the spirit of Nick Collison has inhabited Lou Dort. Uh, you know, if Nick Collison's spirit was really athletic and quick. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he's so he's so strong, and he, he defends essentially with his hands in his pocket. He's such a smart defender, and I love watching him get in there and draw offensive fouls. It's very much Kyle Lowry on yes. that end. 
And what's great is his reputation as a defender is growing. And now word is spreading that he he's leading the league and offense fouls. So I'm, it's starting to be talked about more. Mm-hmm. And those things help with the revs. Like when you get that reputation, some of those Nick Collison uh, drawn charges, were they all offensive fouls? Probably not, but that was his reputation. So if there is a 50-50 call, Nick Collison was getting that call, and I think you're starting to see the same thing with Lou Dort. Because I know there's been one or two times like, ooh, they're going to give that to him. Oh, they did. Yeah. And I think it's because, you know, you kind of develop that reputation. That's that's one of his things is drawing offensive fouls. And so he's going to start getting that whistle more and more. Um, I think it was the the one in the second half. I believe it was Pat Connaughton hit him in the lane, and I I thought he was kind of sliding into it. Nope, both refs right. were going the other way, um, and <laughs> yeah. it was uh, it was good to see. I I just I love watching him defend. He had a great possession in the second half on Middleton, forcing uh, forcing an out of bounds play. He's just fantastic. He's so much fun to watch. Another positive I wanted to mention was Shea started the game really well distributing the ball. They, they took they took wide open looks for the first six minutes of the game. Couldn't hit any of them. Al Horford in particular, he went two of nine from three tonight, but the offense generated great shots because of Shea. I agree. Shea really was, and, uh, and he had a really bad night. I will say that like he, he, this was as bad a game as I can remember from Shea, but I did want to point out just a little positive. He, he did distribute the ball really well to start. I agree. And not to sound like a homer here, but it's pretty nice when the worst game that you can remember from Shea on the year is 14 points on 12 shots. Like he still had more points than shots, even on his worst night. Three of 12 from the field. Again, not good. He only had one two pointer. It was a really nice, tough and one, kind of an impossible shot. Even on a night where he struggled, he still hit a shot you thought had no business going down. Two of five from three. You know, the, the starters started off well. The Thunder actually were up 20 to 16 after the first quarter. It's just neither team could score. And all the starters were a positive plus minus. Of course, that all, you know, went to the toilet as the <laughs> game went on. But uh, yeah, you're right. Shea was getting guys' looks. Uh, Al Horford struggling from three was so weird because so many of them were wide open, too. And yeah. I'm just. Great Being looks. conditioned to believe that those are all going down when he's wide open like that. So it was bizarre to see him miss. You know, if, if he hits, you know, two or three of those wide open threes that he would normally hit, this is a much different ball game. Uh, you know, something as simple as that, just because neither team could really score. Justin Jackson, last time he played the uh, the Bucks on Valentine's Day, scored mm-hmm. 20 points and four for four from three, hit the game-winning dagger. Uh Tonight, two points on one of two <laughs> shooting. You know, it's just kind of funny how things can change game mm-hmm. to game. Mike Muscala has been lights out from three all season long. He was 0 for 6 from three. So when you just look at the Thunder centers, Muscala and Horford going 2 for 15 from three, if they hit their averages, let's say they go 6 of 15 from three. I mean, that's 12 more points. The Thunder lost by 13. I mean, it's just funny how, you know, you can be so down on a game, but you know, you, you change a couple things here and there and you know, the whole game flips on its head. Yeah. And I think we've both said this now, like the, the bucks did not play well either. They, no. they just played a touch better than Oklahoma city. Like the bucks are, the bucks are bad. Like they, they had lost five in a row coming into this game. 
and just kind of met a team that was playing a touch worse. Like this, this Bucks team is very disappointing in my eyes. Well, I'll say this: that their their losing streak coincided with Drew Holiday being out. All those games sure. they lost were right when Drew Holiday. I think that they're a much better team. You know, coming in, they're also the number three seed in the East. Of course, you know that's not saying much. Uh, <laughs> but you're right; they've looked really bad uh, coming into this game, and they've lost to some bad teams, uh, including yours truly. Uh, God bless them. But I think that, you know, they gave up so much to get Drew Holiday, including their depth. Uh, so it's kind of hard to compare this Bucks team to last year's Buck team without Drew Holiday because they're losing a lot of guys they gave up to get Drew Holiday. So no, no question. No they'll question. be and fine. It, they'll be fine. It, it, it just felt like a game that Oklahoma City, had they hit shots, they would have won by 10. It, it really felt like that was the variable that that the Bucks got in their favor tonight because they Oklahoma City took a ton of wide open looks that I was like you're saying you, the guys that were taking them you just kind of you're starting to expect them to go in a, a little nitpick here I've been very down on Baisley's shot selection when he when he doesn't when he's catching a like a, a catch and shoot three I'm off I hope he takes every one of them to be honest he hit two of two tonight. But when he doesn't, like when he pump fakes and then goes somewhere else, those are the shots that I've been the the stepped in stepping into long twos where he hesitates before he takes it, uh, the mid range stuff. I, I hope I hope that that stuff that stuff that the team is trying to work out of his game because it doesn't it doesn't look uh, natural at all for him. Yeah, I agree with you. As far as Baisley goes, to, to kind of expand on him a little bit, he he started off two for two for three, and I was excited because he just went four for eight against the Grizzlies on Wednesday night. So I'm like, look, he's he's six of ten for his, you know, sixty percent on his last ten three point shots. Maybe he's kind of breaking out of a a slump here. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know what happened. He only played twenty one minutes. Uh, I don't know if he got hurt. They never. Mark Dagnall never covered it in his uh, post-game press conference. Uh, I was actually going to ask him, uh, but my toddler was crying in the background. So that's, <laughs> I'll, be real, I'll be real transparent. Yeah, so I, I, I held my microphone on mute because, you know, I don't want <laughs> – I would have become hilarious. a meme. I, I, somebody <laughs> would have outed me, and I would have become a meme, so I didn't want to do that. Uh yeah, so I'm not sure what happened to Darius in the second half. Have you heard anything at all? I haven't. I was noticing just from looking at the box score, Diallo played, you know, you said Baisley played 20 minutes. Diallo played 31. Roby mirrored uh, Baisley's minutes and played quite a few minutes at the four in the second half. So, yeah, I'd, we'll, we'll be looking for that because uh, it, could, it could be an injury thing. It could be just they went with other guys in the second right, half. Right, yeah. Which is, and, which is unlike them, so I would have – I would imagine something happened injury wise right yeah that's 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 what i'm thinking too i, I think it's got to be some sort of injury hopefully nothing big um because yeah that, that's not like them to to just completely uh shut out a starter like that in the yeah. fourth quarter so can't imagine and then justin jackson only played six minutes in the first half and then were played again so that was kind of odd especially considering how hot he's been lately uh so yeah just kind of curious of course it makes sense to cut some of jackson's minutes out 
with uh, Shea and Maladon being out or being back, mm -hmm. but Darius Miller was out of the rotation tonight as well. I don't know, just kind of some weird um, things with minutes tonight. I'm not quite sure what happened there. Yeah, I was waiting on Baisley to play more, especially down the stretch, and he just did. Um, so we'll look for that. Uh, Giannis with 29 and 19, and it really felt like after the first half, the game the game could go either way and it was going to, it felt like the game was going to be decided by who came out of the locker room with a bit more punch. And that was Giannis uh, really came out of the, came out of the, the second half, just ready to go and kind of uh, imposed his will it was just so physical and getting in, getting into the lane, getting all the way to the rim. And I thought they did play uh, some solid defense at the rim. Uh, Oklahoma city was getting into the lane a lot in the second half, Diallo, especially. And, uh, they they stood up quite a few drives from from the Thunder in the second half, which is which is I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, the Thunder don't have a lot of size or physicality. Not having Stephen Adams or Nerlens Noel on the team anymore, they go from one of the most physical down low uh, rim teams to one of the least physical. I love Horford, but he's still undersized, uh, and he's not the physical specimen that a lot of centers are. Then of course, Muscala uh, isn't a you know, a rim protector by any means either. And then the power forwards that the Thunder have are, are undersized as well. So I was actually a little bit surprised that Giannis didn't try to abuse the Thunder down low more mm -hmm. uh, in the last game. And he definitely went there this game. But I was impressed, like you said, the Thunder just kind of swarmed uh, the Bucks once they got into the lane. There's a lot of times they stood up. There's a lot of jump balls just because yes. the Thunder got their hands on balls. Uh, and it was really impressive, actual defensive work with their hands to not foul when a guy is driving in like that. It was actually really impressive. And we haven't mentioned this. Look, the Thunder were down by like 25 points again to another contending team on the road with two all-stars, the back-to-back -back MVP. And they came down and they got it down to single digits in the fourth quarter. And it looked like it was going to be a game. And then, you know, the Bucks hit a couple of threes. Uh, there at the end to put some distance again. But the Thunder still continue to show that fight, even on a night where they struggled. Uh, they still had, you know, all effort, all heart, all fight. So impressed by that as well. No question. They were they were really scrappy. And you could, you could see it when they started to uh, make their run. Uh, Budenholzer, is in, he's, he's, quick, he's quick with it. He'll call those timeouts because he was not letting – Oklahoma City get too much momentum because like teams are starting to pick up on Oklahoma City. They they do this uh, they play possum with these teams and and then they start coming back because they know they can. It's it's very uh, it's fun to watch and these I think these opposing teams are starting to pick up on it. Yeah, I think so too. I think that it's going to be hard to overlook the Thunder anymore just because teams are going to know they're going to get kind of into a dogfight and so now I think you'll start to see some of these teams get more physical with the Thunder because they know they're going to have to, like the Bucks did tonight. The Bucks played them once, and I think they learned from the mistake. Or like, okay, we can't just kind of walk in and expect to win. Yep. We need to walk in and expect to fight because these guys aren't going anywhere. And here's the thing. Here's the difference between a team like the Thunder and the Wolves. The Wolves have the worst record in the NBA right now, even though on paper they have more talent. Yeah, they've had a lot of injuries this season, but who hasn't? The Wolves have blown a lot of leads in the fourth quarter because they don't really play defense, the effort, the fight, that's not there. When you're strapped of talent, the one thing you can do is hustle and out-effort the other team and want it more 
And this Thunder team does that. And that's why even though, you know, a team like the Wolves or Cavs or Wizards may have more talent on paper, this Thunder team plays defense and they play with fight. So it's keeping them in games they shouldn't be in. No question. No question. And tonight's loss, it helps them. Um, they move up to fifth uh, on, on Tankathon and Houston right behind them in sixth so as it stands right now okc has the fifth and sixth worst records ready to go uh if it were to end today it's uh it's a really good spot that they're in and and the wizards right in front of them starting to figure it out that pick could start climbing even more yeah the wizards have won three in a row uh russ is starting to play better i think that the Thunder will definitely climb up into the, or climb down, I guess, into the four spot. Yeah. How do we, how do we say that? Climb up yeah. or climb down? I've been, I've, I've been in the same situation where I've been talking about that and I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I don't know. The, it's just natural to say climb up, but I think it is climb down. But yeah. it depends on if you're looking at Tankathon or like the official NBA standings uh, to, to say which order you're in, I guess. Here's more good news the Heat play the Lakers tomorrow night. Uh, obviously the Lakers are going to be without Anthony Davis. So, you know, who knows who's going to win that game, but they potentially could move up into sole possession of the eight spot. So then the thunder would have control of three of the top eight picks yep. uh, possibly after tomorrow night. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. Uh, Oklahoma city as it stands right now would have the first pick of the second round because that's coming from Minnesota from the, the Rubio trade. Yep, exactly. Uh, and that's if they don't get the Warriors pick. That's what's nice. You know, yeah. on one hand, you got to root for the Warriors, which just feels wrong. But it's kind of like, you know, it's fun to have teams to root against this season and teams to root for this season besides the Thunder because it helps the Thunder's future. And, you know, it's frustrating to see the Wolves blow all these late leads because you want the Thunder to have a better draft pick in the first round than them. But like you said, the flip side of that is – there's a very good chance that the Thunder end up with their second rounder. And that could be the number 31 pick overall in a pretty stacked draft. I mean, here's one way of looking at it. They got Teo Maladone with the number 34 pick. So, Yep, absolutely. And Oklahoma City's own pick in the second round would be, as it stands right now, 35. And Tankathon has Oklahoma City taking Josh Christopher there. Josh Christopher preseason was like, I believe he was in the early 20s. And after the first couple of games, moved up to – into the the early teens, like 12, 13, he would be incredible value um, at 35. So if especially if that's your, what, fourth pick in the draft to get a guy like that, it would be so yeah. crazy. Um, speaking of Minnesota, have you seen the Anthony Edwards dunk from tonight? I have. It was, it was incredible. I mean, it's, from what I've seen, probably the dunk of the year. Of course, have you also seen that he was like 0 for 7 from 3? And like, I did. I did. Like I was honestly hoping you had I was hoping you hadn't seen it because we were gonna get your reaction live on the Oh podcast. my bad. Here, you want me to fake it? <laughs> no, 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 there's no faking it. There's no going uh, back. But <laughs> man, what a dunk. That was insane. It was. It was. He's you know, it's so funny. I, I don't know what to think of him. You know, it's, it's just this rookie season, but there's no question about his athleticism. Uh, that, that talk was, was, was pretty nice. I mean, it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty good. People are putting the still shots of, uh, of that one next to Tracy McGrady over Sean Bradley. 
the way that they went down the baseline just it's it looks the exact same it's crazy <laughs> obviously t-mac is going up over somebody seven five what was he seven five seven six yeah he's like Tom seven Bradley six three yeah he was yeah and you know it's funny he probably shoots about as well as and anthony Edwards probably shoots <laughs> right about as well as sean bradley did. that's it that's it <laughs> um all right oklahoma city is off tomorrow they play a crucial game for the draft pick's sake against cleveland at cleveland uh, Cleveland has lost nine in a row, but they are seven and eight at home. Give give me your thoughts on how you want Oklahoma City to handle this game. You had some thoughts before we came on the air, specifically with Al Horford. Yeah, so here's the thing. You know that Al Horford sits on back-to-backs. He, he rests on the second night of a back-to-back. Well, the Thunder have a back-to-back Sunday and Monday, the Cavs and then the Heat. The Cavs is the ultimate team that you, if you're looking at Tankathon and you're looking at draft picks, if you wanted to lose to a team, the Cavs would be the team because that's a big swing uh, one way or another, whether you're beating them or losing to them as far as Tinkathon goes. And then they play the Heat, which is the one team you have their unprotected draft pick. That's the one team you don't mind beating. That actually would be great because they need some more losses to hopefully get into the lottery and not climb up into the playoffs. So if it were me and you had to rest Al Horford one of those days anyways, rest Al Horford against the Cavs and then play him against the Heat, it just makes absolute strategic sense. 100%. I'm 100% with you. I co-signed everything you just said. I'm really curious that the Thunder do it. It's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, it would go against what they've done this year. So it would, it would be the first sign that like, oh, they're going to be strategic about this now. Like now it's getting serious. You know, they're, they're really looking at those standings. They're looking at, you know, top five picks. All those things would be the first move that they make that, you know, showed. But it, it's also just smart. He's got to rest one of the nights anyways. Just have him rest the first night instead of the second night. But it'd be a very strategic thing if they do so. Totally. And I will say the first strategic thing they've done this year, how many Diallo playing point guard? <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're you're absolutely right though. Like Horford, <laughs> Horford sitting against Cleveland and then playing against Miami. That's the that's galaxy brain stuff right there. Yeah, really hope it really is. It really is. Uh, I'll say this in defense of Diallo though, because I got to you know we got a good laugh, but he he was much better as a point guard than I thought he was. You know when I first heard that they were experimenting with him playing point guard in the preseason. I was, you know, I gave that side eye, come on, (laughs) Tommy, Tommy. So, but then he comes out and he gets like double digit assists his first game out as, as a point guard. Uh, And then he had to spot start a couple of games at point guard. So all due credit to Tommy. He's exceeded my expectations. I, I feel bad because he was kind of like my, my Thunder young core player that I that I kept kind of overlooking and just kind of dismissing in all my preseason predictions, and he's been much better than I thought. So kudos to Hami. There you go. I retract nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Oklahoma City is back on Sunday. Uh, hope everybody uh, is continuing to stay safe and warm. We will be back after that one. Shout out to my wife. Her birthday is tomorrow. And actually, oh. East Coast. We're past midnight. Happy birthday to my wife. Um, Nice. Happy birthday. And Brandon, thank you so much for joining. Absolutely, man. Have a good night.